The New Age Christianity Podcast is brought to you by... Happy New Year, New Age Christian family. This is Austin Fletcher. You're listening to the New Age Christian Podcast, and this is episode number nine. Today, I want to talk to you about New Year's resolutions. You know, about every other year or so, I personally kind of ignore the whole resolution concept because, let's be honest, most of us don't actually follow through with them. And I'm not the type of person who likes to waste my time and set myself up for failure. But this year is a little bit different for me. Um, The last year has seen a lot of changes in my life. And when I look back at it, you know, it really was, it wasn't officially a New Year's resolution, but there was a season early on in 2018 where I really decided to make massive changes in my life. This podcast is a, just one of the evidences of all those changes. I learned a whole lot about how to make change and how to keep the momentum going when you begin change. And so today I want to share some of those nuggets with you and hopefully you'll hear something you've never heard. As always, let's get started. Right, 2019 is almost here as the as of the recording of this episode, and um, you know, cha- personal change is one of those subjects for me that for years I I never I went to churches and I would listen to pastors and I would and I would hear teachers talk on finances and parenting and relationships and where I was at in my personal journey I was I always found that to be kind of shallow. Right. And, and, you know, shame on me for not realizing where the rest of the world usually uh, lives. But I was in a season for about 10 years straight where all I wanted to talk about was the deep spiritual mysteries of the universe. I wanted to understand God. I wanted to understand the Bible. I wanted to understand church and who I was and my identity and, and everything that makes up humanity. And whenever I'd go to church and hear a sermon about giving or a sermon about how to be a better parent or anything like that, I just, I always thought it was a waste of time. You know, I, I don't see that now. Actually, I, I now look back and I realize the reason that I thought that was a waste of time was kind of twofold, as I've already explained. It wasn't important to me at the time, but I also didn't really know how to talk about it. I didn't have much to offer on any of those subjects because I wasn't a parent. I wasn't financially successful. I, I wasn't exactly in great physical shape. There was my natural life just didn't have much to offer in the way of experience and in the way of standing up at a pulpit and sharing insights into verses or whatever about the things of life. And now here I am a few years later, I'm 37 years old, and I have studied the mysteries of the universe, and this podcast will certainly have a lot of episodes on that kind of deep, ethereal, spiritual stuff, but I've learned the value of actual life change and actual tangible things that go on in our lives. And so, you know, to all those pastors, I never told anybody to their face, unfortunately, or fortunately, I'm not sure, 
point being is I silently judge them like a jerk. But to all those pastors that I heard preach sermons on money and parenting and yada, 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 I apologize. You know, it was, uh, it was just a phase I was in and, and I, I was convinced that church should be for deeper spiritual things and somehow money and becoming wealthy or getting out of debt wasn't deep and spiritual. I don't know. Uh, I don't think that now. And so you're about to hear 45 minutes or so of me talking about some of the things I've learned. And uh, as you heard in the intro, uh, this last year, 2018, uh, I've seen massive change in my life. And when I look back, it wasn't a New Year's resolution, as I said, but it was early on in 2018, I had a conversation with one of my best friends, Christopher Teasdale. Uh, some At some point, he'll be on this podcast. We'll do some interviews and stuff. But um, Christopher was telling me at one point that uh, he had decided to start working on multiple streams of income and that that was his goal for 2018. And it must have been the first couple weeks inside of the year. And when he said that, it just really struck a chord with me because I had been on a journey. I was a stonemason in the construction in the construction industry for four or five years. And then I had tried real estate and I've been a coffee shop manager and I've been a full-time pastor and I've done all of these things. And I realized in late 2017 that I'm just not the kind of person that can work for somebody else. I have too much vision, I have too much passion, and I have an entrepreneurial uh, bug in me. And not only that, I come from a family of entrepreneurs. Um, just just going back a few generations, if you added all the companies up that, that my parents and grandparents have started, we're talking dozens, maybe, maybe over 100 different companies if you added them all together. Lots of failures, lots of successes, um, and just multiple ups and downs. But that that entrepreneur spirit is something I grew up with and I definitely have. And I fought it like most people for years. I thought, well, the goal of the American dream is to get a nice nine to five job and, you know, get your white picket fence, your 2.5 kids and the dog, you know, have your one or two vacations a year. And while a lot of people have chosen to do that, for me, it was, it was, death on a stick. I mean, it was just, you know, stick me in the, uh, stick me in the traffic jam every morning and every afternoon and, and send, put me in a cubicle and I might as well just move on to the next life because there was just no passion and, and no purpose in that for me. And I heard something this week that it was on a TV show that I was watching and there was an old man, he was 80 years old and he was, he's known as, he's kind of considered the world's greatest sushi chef. And I don't, uh, remember his name, but he, he he talked about the opening scene. He talked about at some point you choose your career, and if you choose a career, decide to give everything you are into that career, and sow everything you are into it, and become the best and do your best. And he was basically just saying, don't don't let life choose you, but you choose life. You, life can happen to you or you can happen to life. And so New Year's resolutions to me is an, ex is, is a great time of year to, it's a great time. Just, it is the beginning of the year. It is kind of that new things coming and old things have passed away. Um, and so for me, <laughs> yes, it's New Year's coming up in a few days and, and this is kind of the obligatory 
message for the week, but it actually means a lot to me this year because of 2018, because my resolution essentially was to establish multiple streams of income. And right now, I have New Age Christianity that is beginning to pick up uh, both uh, following-wise and financially. Um, the last few episodes, I have forgotten to encourage people to give, but uh, if you would consider giving, it would be awesome. We could certainly provide more tools. I'm working with a couple different people on uh, improving these podcasts, adding classes, and some uh, a study group. Um, that goes a lot faster if the finances uh, justify the time. So um, anyways, New Age Christianity is picking up financially. I've, I have a, a online company called gentlemanscompany.com where you can go get different, uh, different gadgets and stuff for men. You know, I'm a big fan of bourbon and cigars and looking nice and watches and all, you know, wallets and stuff. And, that, and that's an expanding concept there. And then I've got a project with a couple other people called theepic.org. And then I've got another project, bleefiq.com, and I'm working on a couple other projects right now that will be coming out this year. And so my goal at the beginning of 2018 was multiple streams of income. Here I am at the end of 2018 with four companies up and running, another company on, a way, on the way. And I'm always looking for even more streams of income. I've, I've just came from a meeting last night for an opportunity about a cryptocurrency and a new app that's coming out in January. And I'm just, I've embraced who I am and I have, I have, I have chosen to become an entrepreneur. I have chosen to become um, someone who works for myself. And there's some, some tools that I, or some nuggets, I should say, or maybe some perspectives that I picked up along the way that I wanted to share with you if you're someone who is looking to change your life. There's, there's big changes and small changes. So we all know, you know the different types of New Year's resolutions. I actually made a list because it just, as I was thinking about them, I thought, man, there's, there's so many. You have the physical resolutions about weight loss or quit smoking or you know, I want to exercise more. You got the relational resolutions such as I want to be better with returning phone calls or texts. You know, I want to stop yelling at my kids. You know, you got your spiritual resolutions with, with you want to have more quiet time in the morning or you want to read more or you want to volunteer at the soup kitchen, those kind of resolutions. You have skill-based resolutions such as I want to learn a new language or I want to learn a new instrument. You know, I want to, I want to pick up a new hobby and start woodworking. Experienced resolu- experience-based resolutions such as I want to travel more, I want to skydive or I want to do stand-up comedy. Um, financial resolutions, which I think has uh, largely been mine the last few years, such as multiple streams of income, or I want to give more, or I want to get out of debt. And then you also have, also have your professional resolutions, such as starting a new business, getting a degree, getting a promotion, or whatever. Um, you know, I only read off that list because if you don't have one, consider all of those options because there is something that I don't know if you've ever thought of it. I hadn't thought of it until I read Thomas Troward, um, who is my favorite author. He's, I, I, I always tell people if reincarnation is a thing, then I claim that I was Thomas Troward in my previous life because that man and me have a kindred thought process. I love him to death. I've never met him. He's dead, but I wish I, I wish I could sit down with him for a weekend and just and just talk because it would be amazing. Anyway, 
So one of the things that he very clearly lays out in multiple of his books says, you know, the one thing that all living beings have in common is that we all want tomorrow to be better than today. Think about that. We all want tomorrow to be better than today. How you define that is clearly debatable. You know, a terrorist views a world without, uh, without you in it as being better. A Christian back in the days of the Crusades view the world without Muslims as being better. Moms who have abortions view the world without their, this unborn child as being better. And you may disagree with all of those. And if I have touched on, on any of anything that, if I ever touch on anything that strikes you as negative or something that, that makes you mad, what I'm touching on is your definition of what better is. Because I just said something or I explained something that basically, if it, if it negatively affects you, it's because I have just defined better differently than you have. I've just defined a better tomorrow in a way that you disagree with. And if you start viewing teachers and conflict that way, you, and I will say you'll start being able to love people a little bit more easily because you realize that even the darkest people, even those who murder, they, their, their need for murder is that tomorrow will be better than today. Even if it's just an emotional high and they're a, a mass murderer and they just love killing people, it's still searching for the fulfillment of, I want tomorrow to be better than today. Even down to, if you're watching the video, you can see my dog hops in the uh, corner of the screen. He's laying down in his bed over there. You know, when he barks or when he goes to get food or when he sleeps or whatever, he is also searching that tomorrow would be better than today, that the next moment would be better than this moment. And we're, and in that reality, I kind of have five ideas that I want to share with you. Just little nuggets and specific kind of insights that I picked up over the years. They really started to solidify and come into their own in 2018. And the first one is directly tied to that reality that we all want tomorrow to be better is the law of growth. Okay. The reason we all want tomorrow to be better than today is because we're all growing and we all have the nature of God himself who is growing. The universe is expanding. The trees are growing. My dog barks because he wants something that he doesn't currently have and so on and so forth. And growth, at least when it comes to New Year's resolutions, I believe you can bring in the aspect of vision as well. So one of my favorite stories, you may not have heard of Tom Brown Jr. um, Tracker School. If you like survival training or you like Native American histories, I highly encourage you to look at Tom Brown. He's a great teacher. But one one of my favorite stories he tells is when he was a child, he was being trained by a man that he called grandfather. He was an old Native American man. I believe, I don't want to misquote it, but the point remains, I think, I think he was in his 90s. Grandfather was in his 90s at the time of this story. And Tom and his brother were with grandfather at a river. And they were, and grandfather was showing them different things. He was always showing them, you know, natural survival techniques and stuff, fishing or fire starting or whatever. 
And this day they were by a river and they're on one side of the river. And on the other side of the river, there was a retirement home up on the bank. And there were people, older people, sitting on the porch of this retirement home and looking at the river and just relaxing. And they're in their 70s and early 80s, and they have oxygen tanks, and they've got nurses, and they're barely able to get, they got walkers and everything like that. And you have this 90-year-old man, I think he was mid-90s at the time, and he's playing with a couple boys in the river, and he's, and he's stacking rocks, and he's, and he's being active. And Tom looked at Grandfather, and he said, Grandfather, what's the difference between you and those people over there, the people that were at the retirement home? And grandfather said, that's easy, son. I still have vision. And that is the law of growth. I would ask you, how, how much does a tree grow? It grows all, right? It doesn't stop growing until it starts dying. And when you stop growing, that is essentially what you begin to do. If you don't have something you're moving towards, if you don't have something that you're becoming, if you're not looking for tomorrow to be better than today, then you are acquiescing to the law of death. And I would argue that the law of death is a law that's meant to be overcome. And that's a, that's a spiritual discussion clearly throughout the scripture, that we're all searching for a way of being that, that doesn't bring death into our lives. And if Hebraically, the concept of death has almost nothing to do with dying physically and going to heaven. It has almost everything to do with a way of living, that you are living in an, in an inverted way, that you are creating decay, that you are creating death, because we can only create. And I'm going to get into that. I'm going to unpack that one a bit at the end. But if you're not growing and you don't have any vision, then you essentially are, begin to die. And I don't mean to be all, <laughs> I don't mean to be super negative in the, in the sense that if you don't have a resolution and say that you're dying, but if you don't have something you're pushing for to where tomorrow is better than today, then you have essentially by default, you have, you have begun the process of decay. And so if you're older and you're listening to this podcast and you don't have a resolution, I encourage you to find one. You know, I just gave you that list. Pick up a new instrument. So you may be 70 years old and you've always wanted to learn how to play piano. Then freaking do it. Give yourself vision to make tomorrow better than today. And energetically, I promise you, it will, that energy will find its way into the rest of your life. My wife is a chef at an assisted living center. And she says all the time that when people finally get to that center, it's, she can see it. They show up and within 24 hours the light in their eyes is just, is, is, is begins to fade because they lose their vision. Like we, we have an entire generation that knows that they go to retirement centers to die. So what if you viewed your new year's resolution and long-term as a long-term part of your life? So if you're in the law, law of growth, let's say, let's use weight, right? I have struggled with my weight my whole life. And right now I'm, I'm on the, uh, the ketogenic diet. I, I love it. I've lost 30 pounds. My, my muscles are, are stronger and leaner than they've ever been. I've still got some, a way to, to go. But 
for years I used to view it as I need to stop getting overweight. I need to reverse my weight problem or whatever, you know, stopping and reversing, turning it around, stopping smoking, whatever. But what if you threw that concept into the bigger concept of growth and journey and said, no, I've spent 10 years of my life overweight, but that 10 years has, has been part of my growth to now I'm, I'm moving into the next part of my life of being fit and, and, or I've spent 10 years of my life smoking and I'm not going to stop smoking. I'm going to continue living and becoming a non-smoker, right? It's hard to explain. and It's a bit ethereal. Um, but if you throw in this thing, you know, I've wanted to be a piano player my first for my whole life. I'm 70 years old and I still don't know how to play piano. Awesome attach it to the process of growth and realize that for 70 years you've been preparing to become a piano player as opposed to I'm going to stop or I'm going to reverse or I'm going to become something different. Consider that it's all part of you as a tree becoming more. Um, If I could use the analogy of a tree the thing you want to change in 2019, what if it's not removing a branch and, and planting a new tree? What if it's just a new branch on the tree you've always been? I think if you think about that for a while, you'll find it does energetically create a different way of looking at life and way of looking at change because you no longer, you no longer beat yourself up for things that you haven't done. And you just realize, no, I'm, I'm still me. I'm becoming me more and more the me that I want to be. And I've spent the last 10 years overweight. That's fine. I'm going to spend the next year that I know I'm going to spend fit. And I'm, and I'm going to, and I'm going to continue growing that fitness branch as if um, it's going to become my identity. It's not going to be something that I'm afraid is going to get pruned next year. I'm going to become a fit individual. So My number one tip there is literally think long-term. And when I say think long-term about your resolutions is I don't just mean think, oh, I'm going to be doing this the rest of my life, which by the way, you should, and I'll get there in a minute. But I also mean think long-term and bring your past with you. Bring your past identity with you and that this thing you want to add to your life is included with the past, not separate from it. And that you're just continuing your growth. You're continuing your experience of living and being. And that you're expanding your vision to be fill in the blank. A piano player, fit, an entrepreneur or whatever. So think long term. Not just future long term, but past long term. And bring your whole life into one picture. And this New Year's resolution that's at the beginning of 2019 attach it to both ends of who you are, your past and your future, and just make it a continuation of your journey. Um, that one for me was, was huge in realizing that, uh, you know, (laughs) we all want tomorrow to be better than today. And I have defined that differently as year, year in and year out. My, my definition of what better is quote unquote changes. And, uh, Yeah, I hope that one helps. Number two, this one I get from Tony Robbins. It's it's pretty simple, but it's absolutely a a beautiful insight into your own life. And that is 
If you want to keep your New Year's resolution in 2019, your shoulds need to become musts. I shared this little clip that I saw on Facebook of Tony Robbins saying this. It was like two and a, two and a half minutes or so. If you're friends with me on Facebook, you can go look at my timeline. But it's, it's simply realizing that your life is a perfect reflection. It's a mirror reflection of your musts, right? And if your musts are, I must relax, I must watch this TV program, I must eat cake, that's what you're doing. And, well, I shouldn't eat cake or I should read more. Or I should exercise. Your life is not a reflection of your shoulds. Your life is a reflection of your musts. And in this, there's an additional nugget that I also saw on Facebook. And it was, instead of saying, I don't have time, because we all have the same 24 hours in the day, right? The, the, the richest individuals in the world have the same, same amount of time wealth as you do. Instead of saying, I don't have time, be honest with yourself and say, it's not a priority because that's exactly what it is. Oh, I don't have time to exercise. No, it's not a priority to exercise. You might be working 120 hours a week. That's fine. Your work is your priority. Your life reflects that priority. And if you want to exercise and you say, I don't have time, no. Exercise just hasn't notched itself up on your list of priorities. So when it comes to your shoulds versus your musts, one of the extra nuggets in there is you can really tell what your musts are by what you spend your time on. If you're one of those people that find yourself watching 50 different TV shows and, you, and you're in, totally engaged with what's going on Facebook and, you, and your screen time is through the roof, realize you're probably running from something or you're probably, you've probably lost your drive or your vision to become something specific. Um, I know a lot of people, you know, when you were a kid, your dreams, you, when you were in high school and college, you didn't have bills on your wall. As like, oh, when I get older, I want bills. When I get older, I want to know everything that happens on this TV show. When I get older, I want to be stuck in traffic for, for 10 hours a week. No, when you were a kid and you were in college, you had pictures of your dream car, your dream boyfriend or girlfriend, your dream house, your dream vacation. You had dreams. And now... <laughs> If you look at the notes and, and and what's going on and the pictures you're looking at, it's dreaming about being in, a, in another world on a, via a TV show or a movie, or it's a video game or it's social media. And somewhere in there, the real dreams that you had are buried. They haven't become your priority. So if you can get your shoulds and turn them into musts, whatever it is, I should work out. No, I must work out. I should start my business. I should I should work on my business every night when I get home. No, I must work on my business every night when I get home. And part of the window of insight into that is when you say, well, I don't have time to work on my business. No, it's not a priority to work on my business. It's not a priority to exercise. And when you hear that come out of your own mouth, it's kind of like a, oh, dang, that's true, isn't it? 
Like, I've made it a priority to watch the next episode of Arrow. Well, maybe I should make it a priority to record another podcast. And that's some of the changes I personally made this year. Um, the number three little uh, insight is is removing plan B, right? So having a backup plan, no matter how subtle the backup plan is, on a subconscious level, what it really means is that you're expecting to fail, right? If you go jump off of a skyscraper because you believe you can fly and you bring a parachute with you just in case, that means it's your core belief is that you, you're not going to do it. You're going to fail. I don't know if you have seen um, the Dark Knight trilogy with Christian Bale as Batman, but I believe it's the last one where he gets defeated by Bane and he gets sent to this prison that's this giant hole in the ground. And at the bottom of this hole is a prison. And there is a, a way to climb out of it. There's actually no guards in the prison because you can cli- if you can climb out, you're free. And people try every day to climb out and they tie a rope around themselves because as you get higher and higher, the climbing gets more and more difficult. And if you fall and don't have the rope, you will die because the, it's so deep into the ground. The, whole, the, the walls are so high. And uh, Christian Bale keeps trying, he keeps trying. And then finally, and there's a legend of one prisoner who did escape. Um, no other prisoners have ever been able to. And there's this old prisoner in the area, I think he's blind, and he tells Christian Bale, if you want to escape, you have to do it the same way that that other prisoner did. And Christian Bale said, well, how did that other prisoner do it? And the old man says, he didn't use the rope. He didn't expect to fail. It became life or death. There was no plan B. And as Christian and, and as the movie goes, Christian Bale hears it, he gets the message, and he starts climbing the wall with no rope. And sure enough, he gets to the last jump that nobody can pass. He doesn't have a rope, and it's either fly or die. And he jumps, he makes it to the ledge, and he gets out of the prison. And so if you have a plan B, just know that you're subtly telling yourself that you're going to fail. <laughs> you know, I, I think most of the world has heard of Yoda, right, from Star Wars. And his, uh, I'm not going to do my Yoda impression because it's not very good, but where he says there is no try there is only do or do not. I've heard that it's kind of a philosophical truism. You know, there is, there is no try, there is only do. And I've heard that for years and I thought, well, that's, that sounds really nice and pretty. How the crap do you do that? What, what is the difference between trying and doing? Because I couldn't figure it out. I'd heard people all the time and I, well, I am, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm trying. I'd Anyway, I couldn't figure it out for years. Years I tried, and I heard that, and I understood it was true, but like so many spiritual truisms, until you have that aha moment, it just doesn't make sense. Well, I had an aha moment on this in 2017. I was driving one day. I don't even know why I was thinking about it, but it just hit me. And I'm going to share this aha moment with you. And this is about having no plan B, right? There is no trying. There's only doing. I realized the difference between trying and doing, whether it's losing weight, starting a new company, becoming more spiritually aware, whatever. The difference between trying and doing is removing the date or the set of circumstances at which you're willing to give up, right? 
So, well, I'm going to try to start my business. I'm going to try to become financially independent. But if it doesn't work by the time I run out of money in my savings, I got to get back to work. Right? So that by, by energetically, by default, I'm not becoming an entrepreneur. I'm trying to become an entrepreneur. Right? Fill in the blank with anything. I'm going to try to lose 50 pounds. But if I don't get to eat my favorite foods for the holidays, then I'm, you know, whatever it is. It, it's, it's usually time, money, or other circumstances. You kind of have this, this framework or this, this um, construction in your mind that says, if these things don't happen by the time these other things happen, then I have to give up. By default, energetically, you are trying that entire time. And you might succeed, but I can guarantee you that there's a higher, a higher chance of failure because energetically you are believing for failure. But when you remove the framework for giving up, when you remove, you know, well, when I run out of money, I have to go back to work. Well, when I run out of money for me, right, entrepreneur wise, when I run out of money, I am going to do everything. I'm going to beg, borrow, steal when well, no, I won't steal, but you know, <laughs> go, go sell my, my plasma. I'm, uh, there is no financial circumstances where I am willing to give up. Even if, even if I absolutely just have to put food on the table, I'll go get a part-time job, but I am not going back to a nine to five full-time 40 hour a week job. I will do anything and everything I can to get these companies and this financial future off the ground. I'm not trying. I am doing this. Now, when you remove the give up date or you remove the give up circumstances, you'll realize, oh my goodness, I'm not trying to become an entrepreneur because I have removed any other version of my I am-ness I've removed any of that out of my mind. And so now when people ask me, Austin, what do you do? I say, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. Not I'm trying to become one. No, I am one. If you notice that, Austin, what do you do? Not what are you trying to do? But what do you do? Who are you? Oh, I am an entrepreneur. Because there is no framework around that statement that says someday I may not be. And when you remove that give up date and remove those give up circumstances, you instantly move into a doing energy, right? Even if you're not very good at it yet, I'm going to try to learn piano. No, the first moment you pull out that book or you, or you go to that teacher, you are learning piano and you are becoming a piano player, but you're not trying to learn piano. No, you are learning it. So removing plan B, removing that backup plan and in that, removing this whole concept of try. That one was huge for me when I just started, decided to start multiple streams of income. Because you can imagine, you know, we all are afraid of, of running out of money. And it's amazing when you believe God for these things that you have put, that have been put in your heart, he will provide. I've, I have, for when I started 2017, I took out a bunch of loans and I thought they would maybe get me through December. I'm now... December 2018, still living off a lot of that money and my income is picking up. I have come so much further than I originally thought I could on the money that I was able to, to scrape together. And I'm telling you, God will provide when you step into a doing energy and, and, and remove the plan B. 
remove that belief of failure. Number four. So this one's a bit uh, ethereal as well. And it is, it's really around the law of vibration. So if you've understood, or the law of attraction, if you've understood that your life uh, reflects your beliefs and your thoughts, if you haven't watched The Secret, I highly recommend it. There are a few conclusions in that movie that I would add to or remove, but for the most part, The Secret is is spot on on how the world works. It's how prayer works because we're, we're, we do pray without ceasing because we're believing without ceasing. If you... For me, I'll use finances again. So this year, 2018 was largely about finances. 2019 is going to continue to be. And I'm adding professional success to that list this year. I realized that if I want to become the type of person who has a lot of wealth, I need to begin thinking the thoughts of people who have a lot of wealth. Tony Robbins is one of my my favorite teachers on these types of subjects. And he has a book called Money, Mastering the Game. Now, I heard him do an interview where he talked about that that book was specifically written for people with money. <laughs> I mean, and, and it's about investing. It's about investment strategies. And he talks about levels of investment, but it really wasn't about, you know, I have no money and so I want to get some. No, it was, I want to master the game of money. And it assumed that you that you were someone who had some. Well, I don't have any money. I'm in debt right now. I've taken I've taken out debt to start these businesses, as just about every entrepreneur does. I'm not ashamed of it. It is the risk of of the American dream, and I'm I'm happy to be in debt for those reasons. But I definitely don't have disposable income to invest. Yet I bought that book and I read it and I devoured it because I want to become the type of person who thinks about the things that people who do have money think about. And that book was an amazing insight into stocks and bonds and different investment uh, strategies and and, and laws and um, perspectives on, you know, uh, compound interest. And I want to go read it again because for about six weeks, I found myself actually being interested in what the stock market was doing. I found myself thinking about depending on which one of these companies takes off and where I move, you know, I'll need to find the right investment advisor that he talks about in the book. And I found myself contemplating the challenges of someone who has money. And that is one of the, one of my favorite little nuggets is if you want to become fill in the blank, you want to become fit, you want to become financially secure, you want to become, you want to get promoted, you want to have a degree, start thinking the thoughts of somebody who already has what it is that you want. Better yet, start considering what problems those people have, right? So people with money have problems. One of the problems they have is reducing their taxes or finding the better advisors or reducing the fees that they pay or creating more financial security and, you know, setting up havens and, and, setting up their inheritance, you know, structures and all that stuff. And those are problems that people who have money, those are the problems they think about. The problems I think about have been, you know, is it possible that I might be able to go on vacation one time in five years, right? I can promise you Tony Robbins isn't thinking that problem. And so when it comes to the law of vibration, if I want to raise my vibration, I want to become something that I'm currently not, 
a really good insight is what are the problems that I feel like I'm faced with versus the problems that, in this case, Tony Robbins is faced with or whoever it is I want to be, right? I want to be, if you want to be the world's greatest concert pianist, great. What are the problems that that individual has? It's probably being overbooked or, you know, negotiating payments or figuring out how to balance his work versus their life, you know. So whatever the problems are of the people that you wish you could be like, start thinking about those. And clearly, not just the problems, but also think about the things that, uh, well, I don't need to worry about the stock market until I have money. True, kind of. Because when you understand the law of vibration and the law of attraction, and they are laws, they are universal laws, and this isn't just new age mumbo jumbo. And I'm sure I will do episodes on both of those multiple times because they're both of those laws are how the world works. But when you understand them, you realize if I want to be the type of person who has the money to put in the stock market, I need, it would help me to start thinking the thoughts of somebody who has the money to put in the stock market. So start thinking about the things that you want to be thinking about. Read books, fill yourself with information, fill yourself with, with passion, surround yourself with people who think those things. There's a good chance that physical fitness, financial fitness, relational fitness, spiritual fitness, there's a good chance that you are the median, you are the average of all of your friends in those areas because water seeks its own level. And if you want to raise your quality of life in any area, then one of the things you can do is intentionally find other friends and other relationships uh, of people who have those things in their life. So you want to become rich? Get some rich friends. Don't beg them for their money, but start thinking, start having conversations with them about the things that they think about, you know, hiring and firing employees. And all that, you know, that is how thought works. And that is how the creative process works. So think different thoughts and specifically think the thoughts of the type of person that you want to become. That's number four. And lastly, number five is, and I briefly mentioned it in the number one, is you can only create. We are just like our heavenly father. And he is a creator. And I don't know if you've ever thought of this, but there is no such thing as uncreation, (laughs) right? The best word we have for that is destruction. And even then, so if you have a vase in front of you and someone has created that vase, how do you destroy it? Well, you have to take a hammer or you have to pick it up and you have to smash it. And so what have you done? You have just created destruction because you have to do something. You have to move. You have to act. You have to believe whatever it is, if it's spiritual or natural, you know, the the mechanisms are a bit different, but it's all movement in in a forward direction, which is why I mentioned it in number one is that we all want tomorrow to be better than today because you can only create, you can only move forward. There is no moving backwards in life, which is why if you view these changes as a continuation of who you are, as opposed to a stopping of a behavior or a reversing of behavior, no, view it as a continuation because you want to create something that you want to be. So you're poor. You don't want to stop being poor, right? You want to create wealth. 
Now, on a very ethereal level, and one of my favorite subjects to meditate on is light and dark. So if you're in a dark room, <laughs> you don't you don't like gather up all the darkness in a bag and take it outside and put it in the trash. Because when you come back, the only thing's still going to be dark. No, you can't remove darkness. You can't uncreate. How do you get rid of the darkness? You create light. You create the I am. I am fit. I am wealthy. Not, I'm not poor. Right? Trying to gather up poorness and put it in a bag and put it in the trash is not going to make you wealthy. No, you have to actually gather in wealth. Okay? So you are only a creator. Now this also... It goes, I know, it goes with something very deep and personal. And that is, there's no no such thing as unbelief either, right? Oh, Lord, help my unbelief. <laughs> what does Jesus tell them? He doesn't say, well, gather up your unbelief. No, he says, no, this only gets cast out this room. Uh, if I use the analogy of darkness. By prayer and fasting, you actually have to create something else. Adam and Eve didn't have unbelief. They were believing something. You're always believing something. Adam and Eve were believing that they weren't like God. Right? We say, oh, you know, they had unbelief or I, you know, help my unbelief. No, you believe all the time. There's no such thing as unbelief. There's no such thing as uncreation. You're always creating. You're always believing because that is who God is. And so if you want to understand at the very, very, very core of who you are, how to keep your New Year's resolutions and how to change your life intentionally, one of the top things you need to learn is that you are a creator. You cannot destroy. You cannot unbelieve. That is not possible. It is completely illogical. You are always moving forward. Your life is always moving forward. You might be moving forward towards death, but you're still moving forward. You might be moving forward towards more poverty or forward towards more destruction or forward towards more being, you know, more fatness, (laughs) being overweight. Like you're still becoming fatter. (laughs) You're not unbecoming skinny. So understand that you are a creator and all of the things that you, all the resolutions you want to keep and all the change you want to make in your life, begin to understand that you can only create. And so if you, and here's the real, the real nugget. If you can only define it as what you want to stop doing, then you'll never stop it. I want to stop smoking. That's great. How's that working for you? What do you want to start doing? Find something that is directly, I I want to stop darkness in this room. No, I want to turn on the light. So because you're a creator, define the things that you actually need to create to change, to make that change. I want to stop being poor. Well, Lottie freaking da, so does everybody. What do you want to start doing? Well, I want to start generating wealth. Now you can ask, well, how are you going to do that? Okay, I'm going to start generating wealth by developing multiple streams of income, whatever, whatever, whatever. So 
you can only create. So those five little tips, hope they help. Um, I'm going to go over one last time, you know, think long-term, the law of growth, that everything, you know, not just long-term for the future, but long-term, put your, put your current circumstances and attach them to both your future and your past. So think long-term, um, your shoulds must become musts, right? Uh, if you don't have time, it's really just because you have time. It's, you, it's not a priority. Uh, there is no plan B slash there is no try. There is only do. Think the thoughts of the people that you want to become or the, think the thoughts of someone who would be what it is that you want to be. And last but not least is you can only create. I hope those five nuggets have helped you out. I know they certainly have helped me out. Um, you guys have joined me on this journey of becoming the type of person I want to become. And change really does come back to the core. We all want tomorrow to be better than today. So I am believing with you and for you and for myself and all of the New Age Christian community and the world that 2019 will be better than 2018, that we will continue to grow and to become for my own part, I just, I really appreciate all you guys in this last 2018. Those of you who've been in my life personally, um, I'm looking forward to what 2019 will bring. And I'm hoping that uh, this journey just gets bigger and bigger and we get more and more people involved. And as always, if you would consider donating, uh, that would be highly appreciated. We will be rolling out some new projects slash products in 2019. So there'll be plenty of opportunity to engage with New Age Christianity and, uh, We'll see you guys on the next episode. <laughs> we'll see you guys on the next episode. Happy New Year.